Hey surgeons, it's Kelly. I am checking my audio. To me, yep, okay. Do, 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 do. You should be able to hear me all right. So today, um, I wanna talk about manuals. And somebody asked about manuals. We did manuals last time we coached. And manuals are our rule book. Okay, so it's our rule book that we have for ourselves, for anybody else in the world. Um, you can even have manuals about groups of people and you can have manuals about you know all of the world I suppose you could have manuals about the weather if you wanted to <laughs> so basically I want to read you the definition of manuals so you guys can let it soak in while I'm reading it so a manual is an instruction guide we have for someone in our lives about how we would like them to behave so we can feel good and happy we generally don't tell the other person what's in our manual and we usually don't even realize we have it or see the pain that it causes us we feel that the other person should just know what to do air quotes for the know what to do and how to treat us. While it may seem justified to have expectations of other people, it can be very damaging when your emotional happiness is directly tied to their behaving a certain way. For example, Rebecca hates her ex-husband and blames him for everything she's currently struggling with. She often says, if it hadn't been for him, I would be successful and wealthy. Or he's the reason I have no money and no happiness. Rebecca has been divorced for 20 years and she's still giving this man power over her emotional life. She's letting her story about him, who he was, and who he should have been cause her to be miserable. She has been dedicated to hating him and feeling that hate each and every day for more than 20 years. So she has a manual for him. So Rebecca's coach was able to hold the space for her in order to hash this out. She needed to vent all the hate and then have her coach show her that her ex-husband wasn't feeling her hatred. Her coach showed her that instead of punishing him with her hate, she was punishing herself. She was the one feeling, experiencing, and living it. He was happily remarried and paying no attention to her misery. Her coach asked her how, to, how it felt to think about him this way, and she would say, terrible. Then the coach would ask why she was consistently choosing to feel terrible. It took her a while to truly understand this was her choice. She started to realize that hating him had no upside. She started to let the story go and eventually focused on the areas of her life that truly needed attention. Many of the clients you coach and so many people that we coach have manuals, but they don't see them, right? Like I didn't see that I had manuals for other people in my life until I kind of understood what the concept was. Cause it's, it's kind of a, not something you like acknowledge that you have manuals, right? So other people's behavior has no impact on us until we think about it, interpret it and choose to make it mean something. For those who just joined, I'm kind of reading about what manuals are. So you can always go to the beginning of this on the podcast and listen to it. So some common instruction manuals should be, she should call me back when I call her. She should remember it's my birthday. Nurses should act a certain way. Patients should be grateful. My children shouldn't talk back to me. Um, my spouse should support me. All of these kind of shoulds that we put on ourselves and we put on other people. The problem with manuals is we're giving away our ability to feel happiness and be content. We're giving that power away to how somebody else behaves. And we can't truly ever control anybody else. We might think we can, but they're only changing because they want to, right? Just like if somebody wants us to do something, we're only doing it because we want to do it, not because somebody else actually has control over somebody. So that is the problem with manuals is number one, we don't see that we have them, but number two, kind of giving away our power based upon how somebody else is doing instead of realizing they're allowed to do whatever they want to do and how we react to it is where all of our power is. So that is 
the kind of the big overview of what manuals are. Um, now, if you are a parent or if you are a boss, it gets a little bit nuanced because in the parent, you're the adult in the relationship, right? You do have a lot more control over a young child. You're trying to protect them, teach them, all that stuff. Um, and same with the boss, you can expect somebody to do something, but then they say even like they're still allowed to not do it. There might be consequences to that, but don't let your emotional reaction kind of build into just saying, you know what, the expectations were X and you didn't do it, so Y and Z, instead of getting angry or upset or kind of emotionally involved to it. Um, so that is like manuals 101. So does anybody want to ask questions about manuals or come on and be coached about something else? I've got my whiteboard for whoever wants it. Um, first come, first serve, whoever wants to raise a hand. give you guys another minute to see who wants to come on and coach. If nobody raises hands, I'm just going to go through some questions that people can go through about manuals. Um, so let me grab that. Because we can all, we can always do manual work. Like, it's always still so good. Okay, the manual. So here are some questions. This is like journaling questions when you're working on like what your manual might be for somebody. So <clears throat> number one is thinking about somebody that you want to change and then why do you want to change them? So thinking about somebody you have a manual for, right? Whether it's the a manual for like the OR needs to start on time or my turnover time should be less than 48 minutes would be a nice manual that I like to have. Um, so you write out what, who you want to change or the manual that you're, you're dealing with and then why you want to change them and then why you want the world to behave in the way that you want to because you want to actually like see your insight of like because if I didn't have turnover times or the nurses didn't question my orders my day would go smoother um, and then how do you think you would feel if they behaved in this way right I would feel like I was uh, being reasonable I would feel like I was being listened to I would feel like my day would go smoother so how do you think you would feel if the people in your manual behaved the way you wanted them to um, you can also extend this to like your mom <laughs> if you want to. Um, how would your thoughts about them change if they behaved in the way that you wanted them to? Right, and you can journal that down. And then next one is, do you want them to behave this way even if they don't want to? Why or why not? And then the next question to ask is, what are you making it mean that they don't behave in the way that you want them to? Right. So you're not, are you making it mean something about you? Like you're not a good leader or you're not lovable or are you making it mean something about them? Like they're an asshole, they're insubordinate, they have anger management issues, whatever it might be. And then the, the final question, just to realize that you don't have power over everybody else is when someone wants you to behave in a certain way to make them feel good, what does that feel like for you? So when you feel like somebody is trying to control you to get what they want or to feel how they want to feel, how does that feel to you? And ultimately realizing you don't have the power over anybody else. My, um, my admin in my, in my practice, we've started, we, we kind of talk about coaching stuff a lot now because me, but um, the realization that adults are allowed to do and behave however they want to and we don't have to react to it 
we can just let them do what they're doing really helps for like employees um, that we think might be feeling entitled or they're complaining about something and we're like, no, that's not the way it's going to work. You don't have to respond. You don't have to respond to every complaint. You don't have to respond to every uproar. You don't have to respond to all their, their anger because they're trying to control the situation, right? Once you see that other people have manuals too. Um, upset patients, right? I did, I did a work with my coach on this woman who was very angry and I was trying to get her to not be angry. I was trying to get her to understand the way that, you know, she, I think it was like, it took too long to be discharged from the PACU or the PACU nurses. She didn't like the PACU nurses or something like that. So I was like trying to explain how the system works and why the PACU nurses do what they do. She just kept being angry and like, it wasn't going well. So I got coached on it and realized like, I'm just going to let her be angry. Like she wants to be angry. She gets to be angry. I don't need to explain anything to her. She didn't ask me to explain anything to her. Um, and now it, like ever since then, because it was so pivotal, like it was such a bad patient interaction for me, that now I'm so much better at just letting patients be whatever, right? Let them be upset, let them be frustrated, let them be disappointed. And like, you'll actually watch them kind of like, like I'll, I'll have a patient, I'm like, I see that you're upset. I think I would be upset too. I totally get that. And just like acknowledging it and not trying to diffuse it or change their, their manual or change their experience, they're just kind of like, it takes the air out of their balloon, almost. Um, so there's some manual work for you. We have a hand up. Let's see. Manual. I renamed you to October Breeze. I'll bring in, I'll bring in the woo. And all caps, too, so I'm yelling it at you, apparently. Sorry. There you are. I think I can hear you. Can you talk okay. There you are. All right. Awesome. Awesome. Um, well, here's something that I've been dealing with in, in the last week. I work for a large hospital system, and um, I've had a program, um, a surgical program for – 10 years probably. Um, and another surgeon uh, came in a few years ago to a bigger part of the hospital system, not at the same hospital, but has been able to be, because probably by location and proximity to the bigger hospital in the system has, um, been busier in the type of surgery that we both do. And sometimes it's just, it's kind of a bummer when I feel like, man, I've been doing this surgery for a long time. I have a very successful program. Um, and I'm probably as busy as I need to be, but it's, it, it's, it's harder when seeing that happen. Um, also like I have to go and do outreach clinics to, to be that busy and the other surgeon, he is not having to do that. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so the circumstance is, <clears throat> um, 
Yes, the circumstance would be um, another surgeon who's, it probably doesn't even matter which location, he's just busier than me. Okay. And I, my thought about it is he has, it's coming easier because of location. Other surgeons busier. Why is this a problem? Because for, for some part of it, I, when I started, I went to this bigger hospital and they were not interested in the service line that I could provide to them. Um, and then all of a sudden when they saw that my program at the smaller hospital was successful and made the hospital money, all of a sudden they were interested in it. And so they got their own surgeon. Okay. And what are you, what are you thinking that means? Well, I'm thinking I'm having to work harder to keep up in the rat race. Okay. And I'm also thinking maybe things have been a little bit easier because he's a he and I'm a she. Mm -hmm. um, okay, and we're just doing a thought download right now because these are all like super good thoughts and we could do manuals for like every single one of these. But like there's a lot, there's a lot to unpack, right? So I have to work harder. He's a he. What else? What else about this situation? What else is coming up? Well, sometimes my support team is pulled to support the bigger hospital. And so that's, that's hard too, because I, I kind of feel like the patients that are entered into our program, we do a great job of keeping track of them and getting them ready for this procedure and getting insurance approval. And, but we need them. We need the team players. And I've had to fight for every single one of them. Okay. So like uh, your team's at Jeopardy or your team's? Yes. Okay. Team, team is definitely at Jeopardy. Um, are, you a, are you in direct comparison with him in like tangible ways? Or is it more just kind of thoughts that there's a comparison? Or how does, what's the relationship like? Between there's, there's definitely comparison and there's um, uh, directors of the pro program. Um, and then there's probably at some point going to be a, I don't, I would say a supreme high director. <laughs> Um, so somebody who's going to come and direct over both of you? No, I, I think it would be pulled from the current surgeons. And so I have, you know, uh, I've thought it would not be me because I'm not quite as busy, even though I have been there for 10 years and have really built the program and 
and <clears throat> even like the referral basis, like I, I built a, a very big referral basis, but when this other surgeon came, some of the re referring docs were like, oh, wow, we've had such a good experience with this service line, but now we've got somebody even closer. Right. So maybe it's not c competition, maybe it's just convenience for them. Oh, I, th I definitely think convenience and, and location is, is very beneficial to the surgeon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they get, they get that advantage because they picked there. Okay, so we have a, the other surgeon is busier. Is it, is it that the surgeon's busier or is it that the surgeon exists? <clears throat> a few years ago, it was the fact that the surgeon was existing. And, and I do have a good, ex I have a good relationship with the surgeon. Um, that, that's something that we've, we've worked hard to do that, but still I, it's, um, I worry some stuff goes on that I'm not included in. And, and I think that stuff does because there'll be news releases that I'm not included in okay. and similar things. So uh, another thought would be stuff happens that I'm not included in. Right. Okay. Um, so let's pick one. The other surgeon is busier. Seems to be a little more true than the other surgeon exists at this point. Yes. Yes. Okay. <clears throat> the other surgeon is busier. And what's the main thought that's coming up with the circumstance that the others, and can you, one more thing on, on getting really clear on the circumstance. Can you actually measure that this person's busier? Or is that a, is it a feeling or a thought that he's busier? Well, I, I think by RBU standards, we're probably about the same, but I probably have to do more work <clears throat> to get to that level. Do you know that, at the for, same level. You know that for a fact? Um, well, I do know that I have to do these outside clinics and, and those are time consuming and So is the problem, I, I'm just getting very clear, right? Because like in, yes. our, in our brains, it's so jumbly, right? Because our brains right. are like, boom, boom, boom. And so it's like piecing it out and what's true. And it's it's not to feel like an interrogation, but almost like, you know, poking some holes in the in the spaghetti. Right. Um, so is it a circumstance that there's another surgeon or is it a circumstance that you have outreach clinics? I think that it's still that, that, that there's another surgeon because... Yes, I can probably run a model on outreach clinics as well. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, totally. It's just, uh, I'm trying to figure out like how the other surgeon is relating to you doing outreach clinics in kind of where the stressful thoughts are coming from. I guess I just feel like I have to, const I have to constantly watch my back. Okay. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. So we've got another surgeon and our thought is I have to watch my back. Yes. Yeah. Okay. How does that make you feel? Well, there's probably some jealousy. Um, I have to watch my back causing jealousy or is another thought causing jealousy? 
is jealousy more like I, I wish I had my I wish it was easier for me or I wish it was he it looks like he's got it so good is that more of a jealousy thought maybe that's <clears throat> maybe that's more okay do you want to something stick, do you want to yeah. stick with jealous or do you want to stick with I have to watch my own back I think I want to stick with jealous okay let's stick with jealous This is why like pulling apart models is like so amazing with somebody else because you're like, oh, that feeling goes there. That thought because yeah. like almost like, oh, yeah, that thought doesn't really match up with jealous. So what else is going on there? OK, so circumstances, other surgeon. Thought is fill in the blank. Feeling is jealous. OK, so when you think about the, the feeling of jealousy, what thought is driving that? Um, <clears throat> well, he has it so easy. Mm -hmm. that, that'll do it for you, for sure. Um, okay, so now we've got the feeling of jealousy and what actions are coming from the feeling of jealousy? Well, then my action <clears throat> would be that I have to watch my back. I always, right. I'm suspicious. Yeah. And you're paying attention, right? Like you're paying attention to like, look at that happen that I wasn't included in. Like right. Your energy is going out in the world be be over this, right? Watching right. That comparison. What else? Um, <clears throat> maybe that, that time that I am spending worrying about that, I could be spending, fig figuring out how to grow my own practice. Right, right. So it's like energy, energy out there. I don't know how to say that better. Energy, no, energy not on self, energy not on, yeah, yeah energy not on self. How does the feeling of jealousy uh, work in your relationship with this person? Well, sometimes it it uh, it obviously it's it's kind of like a it's obviously not a like I I want to have this good relationship, um, but sometimes I'm like. Ugh. I'm suspicious or it, is this, is this being done to hurt me? I don't think it is. Uh, no, it's not. It's just because he wants to be busy too. And his hospital wants to be busy. Yeah. Um, and then any actions that we're not doing, because I think you mentioned one was not taking that, that energy spent on outward and focusing it on your right. program. Okay. So not growing your own practice. Yeah, not growing your own practice. Is that coming from jealousy? Um, mm. Maybe kind of, I guess maybe with the jealous feeling of like not having like the growth mindset, right? Because if you're like, right. well, how can this work for everybody? Instead of like, I got to hang on to mine. And that's, that's where I'd like to get to. Like, let's build 
this we have this this hospital system brand and it's this awesome brand and we know we do good work and we you know treat patients great and give them <clears throat> a product that they they want and it's a, it's a good product and that that's where the action that I'd like to get to and so the more of us that are doing this the better it is for everybody because we'll all be busy right and hospitals love busy for surgeons oh yeah <laughs> They'd rather have two busy surgeons than like somebody leave because they were just like a little bit less busy or right, right or whatever. So yeah, okay. So um, the opposite of a growth mindset, like a fixed mindset, right? Like we're kind of like stuck in this compare itis, right? Fixed mindset. Actions and then the results. The results of watching your own back, energy is not on your own self, comparison and fixed mindset. The result is you're actually making it harder on yourself. He has yes. it so easy because look how I'm hard on making it on myself. Yeah. Right? Result, hard on self. So I think, you know, one thing we can, the first thing of like any model is just seeing the model, right? And like, uh -huh. you could change anything. You could just rock on at least, you just have so much more insight now than you had before you were like, right? why do I just not like this as much anymore? You know, some people are, I just don't like this as much anymore. And you're like, well, because this is what's going on underneath it. So just, just the insight is a powerful thing. Um, and I think, you know, the other thing on the thought is, you know, Byron Katie's the one who's like pokes the hole in the thoughts by saying like, is this true? Is it true that he has it so easy? No, it's not because I know he has lots of frustrations too. <laughs> Cause we talk about them. Like we'd like to have more marketing. We'd like to have more team members. So no, there, and I know he has frustrations because there's, people that do these procedures that do, this, do them at the hospital, but aren't, um, aren't hospital employees. So they're like private practice surgeons. So they're, they're, um, there's some thought, there's probably some evidence like that they're making a significant amount more than what we are. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So he, no, I, I think we all are, frustrated right we're all we're all just doing the best we can and like who knows what's going on in his life right his marriage might be on the rocks he might have four hundred thousand dollars worth of debt and this procedure might scare the shit out of him right, right. Like, i'm just making stuff up yeah and like you know whenever we think like that person's got they make it look so good it's like you know it could be it could not be true right um and just you know picking and picking holes in the thought because if you're like I don't want to be jealous. Well, the jealousy is stemming from, I, I think the world, I think the world is this way. And it's like, this just, jealousy just can just fall away once you're like, oh no, we're actually might be on the same team and I might be able to help him out with some of his stressors and, you know, grow it together. And mm -hmm. then it's like, you don't actually have to fix the jealous when you just poke holes in your thought because the jealousy just kind of crumbles. Yeah. Definitely. What else is coming up for you? 
but I had this glimpse of feeling better. <laughs> I'm not sure why I did, but I felt better. And now I'm trying to remember. Right, hey, it was there. I know, it was like very close. Did anybody else on the call catch it because we'd like it back? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and like, you know, a lot of this is deep seated, right? Like we literally got to where we are by competing with other people. Yeah. Right, like it's a very natural thing to feel that there's competition going on and like the personal growth is realizing like is that is that behavior still benefiting me i'm not competing with 800 other people for five residency slots anymore right you know and to be like boy am i good at it though <laughs> you know like, right exactly but it doesn't mean like at, at the next part of like leadership and program development and like the next part is like being able to see all this underlying stuff that got us here and to be like oh let's let's poke holes in it because we might want to try something else to get there. Yeah. Other thoughts on that? How do you want to feel? Um, I want to feel like it's a team and that when, when the system supports us, it's, it's supporting the product line and all of the, all the surgeons that are involved in the product line. Mm -hmm. Yep. And, uh, and I, I think then, you know, in owning what you have power over versus what a big organization is going to choose to do right? right like the hospital systems do stupid stuff all the time mm -hmm. <laughs> like they just decide to close down hospitals right right and like are you dependent upon something else to feel like a team or is that feeling of a team coming from within you no matter what happens right right and then you know playing with that Because right now, what's making you feel like a team? Well, what makes me feel like a team is that I can talk with him or text him and, you know, we can talk about patients or um, sometimes probably what makes us feel like a team is that we share similar frustrations over the whole system. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And the, I mean, the other thing, that makes you feel like a team is just you, right? You just deciding you're a team. And then right. It doesn't mean the team's good all the time, right? But if you're, if you just like have tattooed in your brain, like I'm on this guy's team, that's going to color your world a lot different than like, I hope we're on a team today. I better check and see if, you know, the organization says we're on a team today. Right. Right. And so it's like realizing where your power is in, feeling on a team with this person. Yeah. Oh. That makes sense. You can work, work on that for a little bit. Yeah. Yes. Okay, cool. Um, if anybody else has advice or thoughts for it, that's a, a very good coaching one. All right. October breeze. I will put you back. I will see you next time.
Thanks. Okay, cool. All right, anybody else want to come up? Raise your hand, there we go. There we go. I think there's two people with the same name. I don't know. Now we got now we have sun showers everywhere. It was raining while it was sunny here today, so inspiration. All right, sun showers. What do you got? Welcome. Hi, Kelly. Uh, How are you? Um, good. How are you? I'm good. So uh, I, um, I think I'm really struggling right now with sort of being very overwhelmed and I might have taken on a job that is a little bit, uh, like I might be in over my head on this. <laughs> so um, I, just, I, I just moved and started a new position and I'm very happy about that, but I keep I, I, I mean, I, to be fair, I think there's a good reason why I, they kind of needed to rebuild everything where I'm starting at because literally every day it's like I pick up another rock and there's just another surprise underneath and I'm like, oh God, put the rock back down. <laughs> but yet um, I can't, right? Because that's part of the issue. And so I'm I'm just sort of struggling with how to kind of, you know, organize, I mean, it's just, it's just everywhere, right? Like you can almost hear it in what I'm saying. Like I'm just sort of everywhere and I don't even know how to sort of work through that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, give me some examples, like what, what's feeling overwhelming or kind of give me an experience of like, you're doing one thing and five things come through your door or can you give me an example a little bit more of, of the overwhelm? Yeah. So, um, so I'm in an academic setting and we're kind of restructuring the whole program and I'm trying to be careful because I, I really do want to keep this somewhat anonymous, but, um, so the idea is, is that, you know, we're, we're kind of restructuring the whole thing and, um, I'm realizing that I, I don't have have many partners, right? That's one of the issues is that we need to get a few more people in. But um, I'm realizing that my partners really haven't maybe had the, the best experience before they walked in the door at a tertiary care center. And so it's fairly overwhelming for them. But like for me, I'm, I'm used to that environment. Like that's what I've always done. But they're kind of like every single patient is the world's sickest patient that they've ever seen. And I'm sort of like, but that's what a tertiary care center does. Um, and so I, I kind of feel like I'm having to sort of coach them. And then I'm in charge of 
our residents and they really haven't had anybody who's ever, you know, I mean, they haven't had somebody in charge of the residents for a long time. So like they have no real structure. And so I'm trying to figure that out. And like each of the sites where the residents rotate at, there's sort of just a landmine that's there of like political disaster. You know, this person doesn't want to get along with this person and there's all this background. But of course, no one will tell me that background. I just get to sort of just step in it, you know? And and it just seems like every day it's like, another thing and another thing. And I'm, um, you know, it's just kind of, it's pretty overwhelming thinking that, you know, maybe I, maybe I was a little bit optimistic about my ability to handle this. (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. So circumstance is, would the circumstance be new job, new location, um, yeah, I think new job is probably like new responsibilities, maybe. New responsibilities, okay. L-A-T-L-E-S. Responsibilities, okay. Um, and one, one thought I heard you say was, I'm in over my head, or I didn't think I knew what it, this would be like. What, what thoughts are kind of coming up strong or on, are on repeat for you? about this? So I have like two really competing thoughts because I'm still really excited to do it. Mm -hmm. And like, I still really feel like I'm in the right place to do it. Mm -hmm. But then I'm sort of like the other extreme of like, um, maybe I'm doing too much. Like, like I might've, I might be trying to do too much. Like me myself. Okay. Um, is it more like you're questioning yourself? Like, is it this like I might, I don't know, let me look for evidence, or is it like I bit off too much? Uh, I think it's both, Kelly. I, I mean, I feel like I might have bit off too much, but I, I, I do think. I mean, I'm a hundred percent sure that it comes down to I sort of feel like an imposter in this. You know, like I don't really know what I'm doing, and that's probably what drives a lot of you know, kind of the useless behavior. Okay. Okay. Should we go with, I don't know what I'm doing? Yeah. I think that's a fair thought. Okay. Okay. That is a fantastic thought because we will poke holes in it. TTF. Okay. So I don't know what I'm doing. How does that make you feel? Well, I certainly feel overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. I certainly feel insecure. Mm -hmm. And I also feel very like haphazard. Like I feel like I'm just putting out fires, you know, like it's just very random and I can't seem to get like structure maybe. So I, I feel very chaotic. Coming from, I don't know. Yeah, it does feel like, you know, feelings, those are hard, Kelly. Those are hard. They're so hard. (laughs) I always say, I always joke that the surgeon's one feeling is tight. And then um, there was just a podcast by Brooke Castillo this week. I was going to post it on the website. It was 20 minutes working on the feeling of being annoyed. And I was like, ooh, ooh, that's the surgeon's second feeling. (laughs) 
typed in a noise. Okay. So <laughs> other than that, we we struggle. Like occasionally, I think we find we discover happy exists on like birthdays. Um, <laughs> okay. So act. We'll get. We're going to find a feeling, but it, it it the fact that it doesn't come first for us is like legitimate. Um, action would be haphazard. maybe um, putting out fires I don't know what I'm doing you had mentioned overwhelm and insecure those are both feelings yeah I mean I, I, I certainly I would say overwhelmed does kind of hit at the core yeah. a lot. Let's do it. Um, it's just such a common feeling for like pandemic, post-pandemic living in general. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, this is sort of like a different overwhelmed because I certainly, certainly had the COVID overwhelmed feeling. I mean, that's right. part of why I left my other job, but like, this is sort of a very different overwhelmed where I'm kind of like, there's just so many problems and I want to fix all of them. And I can't, I, it's almost like I can't figure out how to prioritize. Right. Right. Um, maybe you can't, maybe there's just too many beanbags being thrown at you that you're like, I can't organize this cause there's just too many. Um, I don't think that's a personality flaw. I think some things just, you know, you got to figure out one thing at a time, right? Okay, so we're feeling overwhelmed. We have haphazard days. We're putting out fires. We don't know where to start. Are you kind of like looking at like where to start? Or are you like... Yeah, and I mean... I don't want to put anything in your mouth though. Are you questioning your... Right. Um, I think I'm sort of like... I mean, some of it, it really hits on manuals, like even what you were talking about, like I'm sort of like, well, my partner should, you know, know how to work in a tertiary care center. And like, I have to teach them how to do that. And like, I don't know, like that too is kind of like annoying. Doing, they should at least know what they're doing. Yes, right. I mean, they no should at fair. least have the basic they should, they should one. Because I don't know what I'm doing. Um, right. Uh, manuals. Manuals for others. I think I, I don't want to downplay that because it's it's something I think we all do is like when we're feeling insecure or we're feeling like we don't have our shit together, our expectations of other people almost can will go up as like a compensatory like I like can't I can't let them know I want my shit together. So they, why don't they have their shit together? You know, like I think that's a legitimate thing that we aren't often aware of is like I can't figure out my own stuff so I, if I can control you that'll be like somehow part of it um okay what about other actions what are you not doing because of overwhelm I know that one of my things that I will start doing is avoidance but so far I have not done that yet but like that is one of like well I'm just gonna avoid that problem um, until it really comes to a head, right? Because, like, you can't avoid it forever. It's going to eventually... Right. Uh, but I know that that's just around the corner. Okay. Um, 
I'm also like, <laughs> I'm like trying to become like super duper organized, but like, it's almost like a parallel, you know, like I'm just like doing stuff to like make it seem like I'm doing stuff, but, but I don't really think it's making any progress. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I, would you say, you're, I, would there be any buffering in that? Yeah. Yes. Buffering would be a great term for that. Okay. How are you supporting yourself when you don't know what you're doing? What do you mean? I don't think there's any support. Right. Um, is, it, is it okay for you to not know what you're doing? I mean, I think so, right? I'm starting out a new job. Like my rational brain says there's I mean, no one would expect me to walk into this environment and be like, I, I got it. I have the magic pill. Everything is going to get better tomorrow. Right. Um, so I think, you know, nobody expects that. And even my own rational brain says, yeah, you're going to take some time to figure this out and learn what's going on and kind of figure these things out. But, but my brain also is sort of like, but you should figure it out really fast. You know, like there's a lot of expectation and I'm sort of like, I, I think some of it's just, I'm uncomfortable with not knowing. And so that feels very uncomfortable. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, so you're like trying to figure it out. Maybe you're almost like expending more energy trying to figure it out faster than what's realistic or what. Instead yeah, of like, of I like think that's really a fair comment. Uh, da, da, da. Fair enough. Okay, and the results. The results are, I would say just kind of spinning or like not supporting yourself in the like, of course you don't know what you're doing. It's brand new. And it's chaos. Yeah. Like you didn't join like a well-organized well machine. You joined a place that needs a lot of work or help. Right. Yeah. And I think I'm just sort of getting, yeah, you're right. I'm just sort of getting spinning wheels right. and I'm not really generating a good, you know, pathway to success, right? Like if I can just sort of come up with sort of where I want to focus on and just start, I think I would feel a lot better, but I can't seem to do that. So and I think, you know, what a lot of people, an option, and I, I want, I want your opinion on it, but it's like, you have this like chaotic world. This is you. And it's like, look at all these things, right? And like, you keep getting added new things all the time. Instead of like, this morning, all I have to do is X. And really getting it narrow. Kind of like, you know, like, almost the sobriety culture, if we can steal from them, is like, I don't know how the hell I'm supposed to do this, let alone do it for the rest of my life, right? It's too overwhelming to, for your brain to like try to solve it all. It's, our brains aren't made for that. And so they really simplify it and dumb it down. They're like, all you have to do is today. And that's it. They're like, well, I can do today. Yeah, I know I'm... how to be a surgeon and I know how to teach residents. I know how to change, right. I know how to change into scrubs and talk to patients. Right. 
And maybe that's true. Like I just need to figure out how to get through. Well, now Monday, right? How do I get through Monday? And maybe like dedicate some time. Like I kind of feel like too, my, my time is being eaten away by like, you know, I have to do this meeting and I have to go meet that person and I have to like get over here. And then, you know, like, I don't know, it's just like all this chaos. Like maybe I just need to sort of say, these are my, you know, two hours where I'm going to sit down and I'm just going to, you know, work on programmatic things or something like that. And that's sort of like my time and nobody else can take it away from me. Mm-hmm. I don't know, you know, like maybe that, and you're right. I just have to kind of slow down and say it's one day at a time. And finding the chunk, you know, two things. Number one, finding the chunks of joy in it, right? Like, I really liked having that cup of coffee right. with that person today. That was really great, right? Like, that versus, I mean, the other option is, like, finding your chunks of control. Like, I, I had two hours where I just got to work on blah, blah, blah. Awesome. Right? Because your brain's trying to solve with, like, I need to control all this chaos. And that just creates that internal chaos. Because your brain can't can't do that. Yeah. And it's true about, like, kind of finding that joy. Because, like, that's why I said, like, I sort of have these competing thoughts of, like, I think like a year ago, I probably would have been like, um, I totally made like the biggest mistake of my life. And like, right now I'm like, I didn't like, I'm right where I'm supposed to be, but like, holy crap. Um, uh, this was kind of a big one. Um, so like, I think you're right about that kind of finding the chunks of joy and finding the chunks of control. Those may be one in the same, but they don't necessarily have to be. I, I like that. And then just taking it one day at a time. Yeah. As, as far as like a coping, you know, a coping mechanism for the brain, just to kind of calm it down too, because the brain, it'll, I mean, you're going to go and get overwhelmed again. Like it's, it's bound yeah. to happen. There's shit storms everywhere, right? Like in life in general, let alone like a, a chaotic environment that you're in. But like, so expect that to happen, right? So like, be like, I know it's going to happen again. And when it happens again, nothing has gone wrong. It's just like, hold on brain. What was, what was good? What's the joy? Where can I have five minutes? Where can I like, and then chunk it down again. Right. Okay. That makes sense. I can do that. It It already feels a little less overwhelming thinking about that. So yeah. Okay. Like that, you know, you had said in the beginning when you were saying I had had two like thoughts and one of them's like this excitement for an energy that I could hear in your voice for this new circumstance, right? And it's like nurturing that because there really is like that positive energy that came from you talking about that. Like don't forget to nurture that baby because that was kind of that, it sounded very heartfelt, like I'm excited about this. Right. And it is, I mean, there's no question that there's like amazing opportunity and amazing sort of concept that's coming out of this, that that really could change kind of this particular area's practice. And like, you know, these residents that are here and kind of the patients that are sitting around to, to sort of see this change. So, um, you know, there's no question. There's a lot of excitement and I think sometimes that's a little overwhelming because it's sort of like, holy crap, like, you know, we have this much sort of 
responsibility and control to like take care of all these patients and residents and like these are some big things you know that sort of affect a lot of people's lives should probably you know do it well i guess <laughs> i mean even just showing up to do it right most right people, most people can't even show up to do it yeah that's what my uh that's what my program director says every day she's like oh good you showed up today i'm glad you came back <laughs> I've learned to keep the bar low and it's it's surprising exciting every day um but i mean in the work you're doing here you know and like doing that like it's going to trickle over to the residents and it's going to trickle over to the partners and realizing like they're allowed to adult however they want to adult and it doesn't get to affect you right i mean it's already making a big difference and like just sort of helping some of my faculty through complications. Like, they're just like, oh my gosh, these people are so sick and everything goes wrong. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Like we do really hard things, like it's okay, you know? Like, and so I am trying to do that. Um, I'm also trying to balance, like I'd, I'm like the only woman there for sure, like by leaps and bounds. And, uh, you know, I also don't wanna be like the, Pollyanna or like a little too touchy feely. So I have to sort of balance that out, but, but yeah, it's, it's good. But even like, even the, even you being a neutral, like just holding what they call holding space for people of like, that they feel comfortable coming to you and saying like, shit went down and it's stressful just for you to be like, I hear you. Right. Like there's nothing woo about yeah. that. And like, it's an incredible gift to give somebody just, I hear you. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. You rock. You gotta keep me updated, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully, uh, hopefully, lots of people hear some of the good things coming out of where where I'm at. But we'll see. It'll probably be you know a few years. Pick the right job for personal growth. How about that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, well, thank you, Kelly. That did help, and I feel actually a lot more. I feel like I can kind of breathe and say, "All right." I, I at least have a plan. Brain, it's okay. You got a plan. <laughs> Lots of other people have gone through that. Like, I go back to like the sobriety stuff is like, just today. It's all you, it's all you, it's your only job is just today. Then you get to do it tomorrow again. Awesome. Well, thank you everybody. And uh, I'll put this up so we can learn about manuals and everybody have a good rest of their weekend.